This week, we discuss the increasing popularity in smokable CBD, cannabinating while pregnant, and a bit of girl power. Coming up next on Critical Grass. Wow. case we're from southern oregon and we're the owners of ladies of paradise and this is the critical grass podcast Welcome back and happy 2021, everybody. What a month it's been. I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief that 2020 is finally over. However, 2021 has been off to a wild and wacky start. And from the looks of it, things aren't going to exactly calm down, at least not that quickly. Not just yet. Now, I'm not claiming to be clairvoyant here, but in many ways, not a whole lot has changed, at least fundamentally, and the problems we faced as a species in 2020 are, for the most part, still here. Though, as far as the cannabis space is concerned, there is a lot to look forward to, especially with several more states in the U.S. deciding to legalize cannabis for medicinal as well as adult use, and the explosion in popularity of hemp products and cannabidiol, otherwise known as CBD, all across the world. Rome, of course, wasn't built in a day, and the abolition of prohibition will also take some time, but at least in this regard, there is progress being made, and things are looking up. At any rate, this time we have another guest duo from the west coast of the United States, Jade Daniels and Harley Case, the founders of Ladies of Paradise, which is a woman-positive creative agency based in Portland, Oregon, where women are appreciated, celebrated, and supported. Currently, Ladies of Paradise offers cannabis event planning services, graphic design, packaging, creative content development, educational meetups, and product lines ranging from clothing to CBD products, as well as the new Ladies of Paradise Cannabis and Hemp CBD and CBG pre-rolls, also known as Lady J's. Ladies of Paradise works to uplift, unite, and educate individuals in an effort to normalize cannabis by means of fashion, community, and culture. Through their themed cannabis events and community of women of all shapes, sizes, and colors, Ladies of Paradise aims to elevate the aesthetic and remove the stigma from cannabis and the people who make up this community. Quite the noble venture, and it's a strong sign that women are becoming more involved in the cannabis industry, and hopefully this trend continues with the help of ladies like Jade and Harley. But first things first, how did they initially discover the wonders of cannabis? Um, my, <laughs> my initial contact was me and two of my friends being like, okay, like it's our time to smoke weed. Like we got to do this. And I remember calling like the dude that I knew that sold weed. And I was like, can we get some weed in joint form? We'd like four of them. And like all these boys just started cracking up and they're like, that's not what you do. You get to buy weed and you get to do whatever you want with it. But I just assumed that, you know, it was like a dispensary already. And these guys can make it happen for me, which they, they did, so we still got it joined for. <laughs> I have, like, two kind of different experiences. Like, my first time actually, like, touching 
weed. I didn't really get high, and I was kind of, like, a little scared of it. And I was like, this is bad. Like, I play soccer. I'm going to get in trouble. And so I kind of, like, hit it, and I was like, "Mm, I don't see what the rage is. Not for me. And then once I moved to Houston is when I, like, smoked, like, and that was in Puerto, yeah, that was in Puerto Rico. Once I moved to Houston, I, like, smoked, like, like, chronic and, like, got so high out of my mind that, like, I... I was, like, a skateboarder and, like, hung out with, like, a bunch of skater kids. I remember we were, like, at this skate park, and I was just so stoned that it was, like, it was, like, my first, like, my actual first time getting high, and it was just, like, an out-of-mind, like, experience, and after, and then I was, like, I don't know if I can do this all the time, but then I started smoking a bunch and became (laughs) hardcore stoner. Not everyone gets bitten by the cannabis bug right away. For some people, it can take years or even decades before they have that magical life-changing puff. But in other cases, sometimes you just need some good old chronic to open your mind. So how did Jade and Harley bridge the gap between smoking for the first time and deciding to set up their company? uh, My boyfriend a while back was a grower and um, before we moved to Oregon five years ago, I guess six now, uh, to open up dispensaries, but, um, you know, of course, before everything was legal, people are doing their thing. So I like had trimmed and like grown and done all sorts of stuff, moved to Oregon, opened up dispensaries and, um, we trans, we pretty much transformed ladies of paradise, which was a jewelry company. Um, me and Harley, when we met up and started shooting together, into cannabis and like we kind of wanted our to do our own spin on like the cannabis industry and kind of saw what it was missing and so we kind of wanted to bring our fashion and style into cannabis and so that's kind of how ladies of paradise evolved into what it is today yeah and i grew up in southern oregon and it's kind of like a outdoor cannabis growing mecca and so yeah, far before things were legal, everyone was trimming in the summers. It was like it's really interesting. I like didn't really realize, um, didn't really realize until I got a little bit older, like how that's not everywhere and it's like very specific to there. But so I was introduced into the cannabis industry at a pretty young age, and I was always smoking weed um, to go to sleep every night. I have really bad ADHD, and so it really. It really helped me just to be kind of a more well-balanced person. But I'd say the way that it really like transformed and now now is involved in my life the most is obviously through Ladies of Paradise and through us, us basically getting to spotlight women and highlight women in the industry. Harley had the great fortune of growing up in the very cannabis-friendly state of Oregon, which has just a vibrant cannabis culture as its southern neighbor California. Though, since its population and economy are much smaller, it doesn't get the same recognition as California does. However, it did beat the Golden State in legalizing adult-use cannabis in 2014. And last year, the state voted to decriminalize all drugs, crack and heroin included, in what looks like the beginning of the end of the drug war in the United States. Thanks, Oregon. And I mean that in all sincerity. For Jade, it took moving from conservative Texas to Oregon to cut her teeth in the industry, though the idea for Ladies of Paradise originated somewhere else. So basically started in Guatemala. Um, I was going to Guatemala a lot in 2014. And I, at the time, for a big uh, for a big store in Houston. And there's just all this really cool jewelry and like, I just really got inspired to like start my own business. I was the buy- the buyer and um, 
And so I was just discovering all these markets around the world that sold really cool um, jewelry, accessories and stuff. And so I started traveling. Guatemala really caught my eye and I wanted to go to all the markets out there. And so I took a trip out there, like a buying trip, bought a bunch of stuff and then started an Etsy um, I didn't have a name. And so I was just like kind of racking my brain for like names, like of my company. And so I went to this lake, it's called Lake Atitlan. And there's all these like indigenous, like Mayan women when like their traditional um, garb, you know, just like bright, colorful, like textured, um, just pieces, they're called weepils. And so and they're just carrying baskets on their head. And they're just so happy. And like, all these, so it was a very matriarchal community. And so um, I was really inspired by like the ladies of this lake. And, and I remember I was listening to a Coldplay song, but Paradise by Coldplay. And so I was like listening to that and I was like writing my journal and I was like, paradise, ladies. And I was like, the ladies of the lake, ladies. And so I just came up with the name Ladies of Paradise inspired by those women. And then, um, and then yeah, I started traveling a bunch. Um, I went to Istanbul to the Grand Bazaar bought a bunch of really cool jewelry there, like really intricate, like neck pieces and stuff. Um, and so we, I started selling those and they were so interesting. And so like, not a lot of people sold them like in the, in the States and it was very festival vibe. You know, I was a big festival girl at the time. Like, and so I started stacking girls and selling pieces, um, to like stylists and even like Cara Delevingne, like bought her stylist, bought stuff for me to go to Burning Man and, and so um, we got, a, you know, got some followers, got gained some momentum like with that. And then I moved to Oregon in 2015 and then I didn't know anybody. I mean, we moved to like a town with 3000 people in it. And so I started just like searching Instagram for like anybody like doing anything remotely close to what I was doing, like photo shoots, like styling anything. And I found Harley on just like a bunch you would like hashtag like so with southern Oregon it was like a bunch of like small towns like and like go 15 minutes on the five and go through like four towns and so like she would like hashtag Ashland hashtag Jacksonville hashtag Eugene all these different things and so for some reason I thought she lived in Eugene which is like two and a half hours away and I reached out to her and I was like hey I was like I'm new in town, like, like, you're doing, like, all these cool photo shoots, like, I see you have a store, um, I know you live in Eugene, but, like, I'll come out there and, like, shoot with you, because I'm just used to doing all these photo shoots all the time, like, for the website and new products and stuff, and she, and I was like, I live in Jacksonville, like, I don't know if you've heard of it, and uh, she, like, wrote me back, and she was like, what, that's so awesome, I live in Jacksonville, which is like 3000 people. And she ended up living like a couple blocks away from me. And we met up and just like instantly hit it off. We're like, we're best friends. And <laughs> we started shooting together a bunch. Um, Harley sold vintage clothing. I did had all the accessories. So we would just come together. Harley would shoot it. And, um, and we did that for what Harley, like two years. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2017, we were both just kind of over, like, what we were doing. Like, we loved being in fashion, like, but we, and, you know, and being artistic and creative, but we were just, I was over, I, I wasn't wearing the jewelry that I was selling anymore. I wasn't, like, go, I mean, I was still going to festivals, but it just wasn't my style anymore. And so I just really kind of lost, like, a connection to it. And, um, and so at the time, you know, I, meanwhile, I was, like, helping my boyfriend 
with like designing his dispensaries and your design. Oh, let's, you know, make this one, this vibe, let's, you know? And so I was like, there's creativity in cannabis. This is a new industry. You know, maybe we can bring like what we're doing with like fashion and art and style and creativity into cannabis somehow, because a lot of the stuff out there was just um, pretty boring, pretty basic, you know, um, the packaging for stuff wasn't really colorful. It was just like, people were like clinical. Yeah. Clinical medical. And so, so we were like, okay. And then on top of that, you know, being in the dispensary all the time, all these like farmers and just business owners would come in and, um, and like, you know, one person, like the guy would be like, Oh, this is the face of the company. But then his girl would be in the background doing all like the metric stuff. And, uh, or like print slapping, slapping stickers on products and just there's so many girls like and I've always been just like hardcore like girl power like always into like you know girl lead singers of the band and like just you know it was, I, I really support women and so I was like maybe we could um, you know and it's ladies of paradise and like trying to like see like how we can connect like these these like worlds and so, yeah, we basically were like, okay, how about we relaunch the comp- the site with, like, a blog, and we highlight women who are doing cool stuff in cannabis, and then that's when the, our first, like, our first gig, if you will, came up, um, these girls called the Grow Sisters, they're out of Humboldt, they, um, they were having, like, a big, like, women in cannabis sleepover, and at the time, we would just go into, like, our boyfriend's farms and, like, put on like vintage dresses and like do our whole styling but now we're just like in a weed farm (laughs) and so they saw that and they liked it and they wanted us to come down to their farm in Humboldt and we did that and that really kind of changed things for us because we're like okay I think we're on to something here there were so many women who are now like Thea from Humble Flower Co whose product is sold in anthropology and um just all these big stores like she was there with like her little samples like the beginning of her brand (laughs) so many women who are doing such sick shit today who were there at the time like four years ago and um and yeah and so we came with like our treasure shit tons of wigs (laughs) and like fur coats and like all sorts of stuff dress these girls up and like and, you know, at, we, at, we were like, well, we don't want to be just like these silly, like, fashion girls, like, you know, making a mockery of, like, weed or something. Like, <laughs> and so it ended up, like, I mean, we were so knowledgeable, and they were asking us so many stuff, like, weed, um, medical, medical was legal, not recreational in California at the time. And so um, they were just asking all these questions about rec weed and the rec industry and brands and just all this stuff. And we're like we know a thing or two out here, you know? And, um, and yeah, so that's really what, um, kind of got us to evolve ladies of paradise from what it was to what it is today. But then since then we've gone through like a number of changes to leave. <laughs> I mean, we did events like events for a big part of our life for a while. And then obviously with the last year, like events had to die. Um, and we've had to pivot a lot, you know, and just kind of change focuses and stuff. Um, but Harley, I'll let you take away. And when we launched Lady J's in 2018, then, cause that was like our, first. and to, I'll tell them like what ladies of paradise ended up becoming was a creative agency and creative marketing agency. So what we would do was we would work on videography, photography, branding, logo design, just basically like our mission was, okay, let's like help 
small, usually women-owned businesses, like amp up their marketing or amp up their branding, like show them that like, yeah, we can all, we can all be in this industry. We can be taken seriously. We can have like really cool eye-catching designs. Um, we were doing something that was really, yeah, just really different than what everyone else was doing. I'm really glad that we got in like when we did, because we really stood out at that time because it was just, it was so wild and crazy. Um, but with, since we had so many connects um, with farms in Southern Oregon and also like production facilities and dispensaries. And then we also had this creative agency. We were like, why don't we do some products ourselves? This only makes sense. Like we literally know all the moving pieces for this. And so we launched Lady J's, which is our first brand. And it's almost years old now. We're actually about to launch in Oklahoma on our anniversary, which is very exciting for us. Um, we want, we, la we launched uh, a dab pen company called Day Trip. And then we have a couple more brands that are actually about to be launched. Venus Electra is our next one, which is an edible company. And we're super excited about that. But basically, Ladies of Paradise is our creative agency. And then our plan is to have about six or seven brands underneath the agency. So what initially started as a fashion business that morphed into a creative agency to now include multiple cannabis brands throughout the country is quite a feat, especially for two young women from a small town in Oregon. Now, perhaps it was the travels around the world, or a strong creative spirit, or a good amount of girl power, or maybe a little bit of all three that helped grow their business into what it is today. And for the two of them, there's a lot to look forward to these days, especially being in Oregon. And not just in terms of adult-use cannabis. Oregon has been known for its vineyards, hops, potatoes, and a variety of fruit, but there's a new player in town, and its name starts with an H. Down here in southern Oregon, like, you, where you would once see like pear orchards or vineyards, grape, vi you know, vineyards, it's now just blown out hemp everywhere, everywhere you go. And then in like harvest season, like it just smells it's like, crazy. Oh, like, like literally like our airport is really small and you have to like get off the plane, like, you know, not on a run, like outside and then like walk to the airport. And like, I told my friend who was coming to visit from Texas, I was like, dude, I was like, I bet, because in the evening time, it like, it, I don't know, it's like settles and it like really smells. She's coming in. I was like, I bet you it reeks of weed when you get off the plane. She's like, oh my God, this is crazy. This whole town. <laughs> is crazy. I was like, welcome to Southern Oregon. It's, it's so wild. It's like a totally different scene. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of industrial hemp, like for, I mean, there are some, but uh, I think that their climate is more, uh, people are going for smokable and for biomass to um extract make into distillate isolate all that kind of stuff that's right hemp may soon become the state's top cash crop as it can be grown for all sorts of different purposes as of 2019 there were 1642 registered hemp farmers in oregon compared to 584 the previous year and this number is certain to keep climbing considering the increasing demand for hemp products nationwide and the loosening of hemp regulations on the state and federal level However, low-THC cannabis varieties are also on the rise in the Pacific Northwest as a result of the skyrocketing popularity of CBD and other cannabinoids. Much to the surprise of THC fans, CBD flower has become quite popular in recent years to the point where you don't even need a dispensary license to sell it, making it ubiquitous in places like shopping malls, smoke shops, and even gas stations. Jade explains the popularity of the second most common cannabinoid. We find that in states where THC is still illegal is where the CBD and CBG does better because people are excited by something that looks and smells like weed, but it's not. 
Um, and then here, um, no, THC takes the cake. But there are some people who, you know, who like their CBD joints a lot. Some people do smoke it to quit cigarettes or to replace cigarettes and, um, and stuff like that. And some people just really enjoy how it makes them feel. But for the most part, no, people like to get high. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, our idea is that we ho- we one day want to be a national brand. And so doing CBD seemed like a no-brainer to first just, like, get our name out there and start being able to, yeah, just have people recognize the brand. And we had a lot of CBD um, farmers that we were friends with in Southern Oregon and then CBG. And it only really made sense for us to just keep partnering with people to have more products available. To see so many new hemp farms popping up in the state is definitely exciting and looks quite promising, at least on the surface. There is a bit of a concern, however, with overproduction. Just a couple of years ago, the state experienced a major price crash in both retail and wholesale THC flour, with pounds selling for as low as $700 at its worst. Now, has the market bounced back from that already, and how does that kind of fluctuation affect Ladies of Paradise? It has rebounded. It, it's definitely back on the come up, but we actually started Lady J's in the like the year that it was like really bad, like in that uh, flower was just going for super cheap, which has had its pluses and minuses to uh, our business as a whole. Like we had to basically, product, we like started our, our company based on margins that were based on really low costing pounds. And so then now that it's, you know, gone back up, we either have to adjust by raising the price or by, you know, trying to find people who can still hit that, that, you know, dollar that we need. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, and another thing that's important too, and that we're, we're starting with Oklahoma and we're going to do here too, is um, just adding SKUs to our menu and not only different strains, but also we're doing a hash-infused pre-roll pack in Oklahoma, and then we're doing a Keef and Distillate-infused pre-roll pack as well. And so, um, yeah, I mean, people obviously like to get high and super high, and so just adding, you know, more products and stuff, um, and those products are doing well for other people too. And so we, um, you know, just we want to add more variety to what we're doing and different price points. And um, we've also considered doing singles or, you know, two half grams and stuff like that. Um, but just to keep, keep a, a little bit of variety in our menu, you know? Um, but yeah, the pricing has uh, it's, and it happens in every, in every state really in every economy, like that goes legal really. I mean, it's really high, like in Oklahoma right now, like people are still getting, Three thousand, you know, thirty-two hundred dollars for. I mean, like that's that's a lot, but like it's just it's super high right now. And then you know it'll come a time when it goes back down and it you know it fluctuates. But um, but I think it's just inevitable in every market that that's going to happen. People are really excited when it comes out, so they're willing to pay a bunch. And then once it's there, they're like, okay, we're you know we're used to it. We can't we can't afford this all the time. We can't really produce as much as people want. You can tell. Yeah. yeah, we're working on that, though. And we've we've got to getting there. Yeah, we've had, you know, since we are a marketing company and um, kind of like a middleman, you know, we've we have to um, find different producers, find different farms like we do creative services for farms and just kind of just find our way to fit in with different uh, with different companies that we work with. And um, and, and we've had to 
switch from time to time and we've we've just signed on with a new producer who's gonna double our volume and just you know uh, get us up to where we need to be because there's so many dispensaries that want to carry us and want to place big orders all the time and we just uh, need to meet that demand and so it's just all a big learning process and part of the game. I think that Oregon is going to be one of the top producers of recreational cannabis in the country. There's mm-hmm. so much everybody grows outdoor here and there's so much land to grow outdoor and the climate here is best for growing outdoor. So, I mean, and people are just buying up licenses left and right to prepare for national legalization. It's a coming, folks, believe it or not. It could still take some time, but all signs point to federal legalization in the not-too-distant future. The current model of federal prohibition is simply backwards and unsustainable in the long term, not to mention unjust and downright criminal. Not allowing people to use the best of what nature has to offer us, for free, keeps people from getting their life-saving medication. With states strapped for cash and people in dire need of medication and stress relief as a result of the pandemic, among other major issues, this is a no-brainer. The only question is when. And when it does happen, Oregon will be in a prime position to produce and distribute some of the best cannabis in the world. Prohibition wasn't the only thing the ladies of ladies of paradise had to struggle with since joining the industry. They too had to deal with stigmatization of cannabis use, despite the success with their business. I mean, I haven't in industry seen like anything specifically like like with women, I guess. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of stigmas in the cannabis industry, just as there are in in all industries where women aren't taken as seriously and kind of like sexualized. Um, But outside of the industry, I mean, I still to this day, like so many people in my family, it's like they can't believe that that I wouldn't be like so incredibly lazy. That's like one of the the biggest ones that you really have to like fight against. And then also too, like people like still just like thinking that like, like we were listening to a girl the other day talking about how weed is a hallucinogen and how it's like, it's so like fucks you up so bad and how like it's not medicine at all. And it's just like so crazy because there's so much just proof in the pudding and people are just still really behind the times. For me, I would say um, I'm a mom. I have an 18-month-old son, and um, a lot of people get asked me about the stigma of being a, you know, weed-smoking mom. And because I'm so active in the industry, and because of where I live, I don't really get to, um, I don't really witness a lot of, uh, like, I don't know, hate or like, you know people talking shit or whatever, like, but back in Texas, it's a different story. You know, um, I think that, um, people, people definitely have their views and their, of, you know, people who smoke weed, especially moms. And meanwhile, they're like drinking martinis, like with, at their, with their kids and stuff. And, um, and so I think that I, I definitely experience a little bit of a little bit of, you know, a different vibe from like conservative uh, friends or family in Texas and stuff like that. Um, but I think that I also kind of do a good do a good job of, um, you know, I'm a business owner. I have a child like I'm a lot. I get a lot of praise like for people who are like, hey, like your mom, you're, you know, doing running your business. And um, obviously you're a good mom. Like that's awesome. Like I look up to you or, you know, some sort of like positive reinforcement and stuff like that, which, um, I'm a big advocate for. I like to do a lot of podcasts and interviews and stuff with, um, mom, like, you know, when moms 
uh, cannabis moms in the industry and, um, and kind of just share like my view and stuff like that. A lot of people ask me about just cannabis and pregnancy and breastfeeding and all sorts of different stuff. So I really like to, um, to be a shoulder to lean on for people who are wondering, um, about those kinds of issues, you know. In Harley's case, the stigmatization seems to have been for cannabis use in general, though in Jade's case, it's the motherhood factor that is a real hot-button issue. To this day, almost anywhere you go, the use of pretty much any drug during pregnancy is a huge no-no and royally taboo. However, there is an increasing amount of women who are openly using cannabis during pregnancy and while nursing, and some cannabis dispensaries are even recommending it for morning sickness, which made me wonder about how Jade dealt with the issue as a mother herself. Has she ever been called an irresponsible mother due to her cannabis use? I mean, nobody's ever really said that to me. Like, it's actually quite the opposite. People want to um, want to know more information about what I did um, because... Um, you know, I didn't have a, a very, like, my pregnancy, I didn't have a lot of nausea, I didn't have morning sickness and stuff like that. But what I did have was really hardcore migraines. And I would smoke a little and, like, my headache would go full away. And people wanted to know more about um, just how often I did it. And then, you know, and me, when I was pregnant, I wanted to know more info, too. I, I would look at all these different um, forums and stuff on moms and cannabis and then I would go and like, look at pictures of the baby to, like make sure their babies like looked good you know and like and and I get that and I kind of you know I really wanted to be a voice for women who were in the same position as me and there's not a lot of info out there on what's going on and and you know and, and studies and stuff like that I think that they're putting they are putting a lot more um money behind doing study conducting studies now that cbd is legal and stuff like that um but there was just not a whole lot of knowledge unless you ask people who you know and i would ask a lot of people who i knew out here and um and yeah like i i never really uh at least to my face got any sort of flack for it like it was more people wanting to know like that what they're doing is okay and like that did you do that and i'd be like yeah you know how often did you do it and i tell them and and be honest, you know, because I, that's all I wanted when I was pregnant is to know like real honest truths about like what women were doing. With more knowledge, there's less fear. And with less fear, there's less stigma. Now, it's perfectly normal and understandable to be concerned about your child's health, especially when talking about taking any type of medicine, whether it's plant or lab-based. One of the biggest fears about cannabis use by pregnant or nursing mothers has been children's impaired cognition as a result of being contaminated in the womb. Well, last year, researchers at Columbia University, the New York State Psychiatric Institute, and Swinburne University found that prenatal cannabis exposure does not lead to cognitive impairment in children based on data from decades worth of studies on the issue. Now, one thing to remember is that we all have an endocannabinoid system inside of us, including babies still in the womb. So we're naturally hardwired with receptors for taking in cannabinoids and processing them to benefit our health. Now, you could make a case for avoiding smoking cannabis while pregnant, as smoking any substance isn't exactly healthy for our lungs, try vaping, or perhaps about the amounts of THC to be taken as everyone has a different biochemistry and can react differently to the same substance. However, the claims that smoking pot while preggers will turn your kid into a dumb, lazy slob are rather unfounded. 
so no need to get up on your moral high horse and wag your finger at cannabis mothers. That's enough there, Karen. So, we're up to the advice portion of our show. What words of wisdom do the ladies of paradise have for us? I would say that, like, not being afraid to fail and, like, when you do fail, like, being okay with it and, like, standing up and trying again. I feel like that's, like, the best thing that we've, that I've been really, really proud of us for doing. And, like, so many businesses, like, things go wrong and they give up and it's, like, you just can't give up. You just have to keep trying if you're passionate about something and you know you want to do it. You just have to keep pivoting and you have to keep trying. We've done a lot of pivoting in our day. And uh, I think that there are a lot of times that we could have been like, okay, this is it. This is working. Oh, we got our rent $4,000 and we can't do events here. Uh, What are we going to do now? And we've had to just, you know, switch up and, and try something else. And I think that a lot of people, like Harley said, would would just be like, okay, that's it. This isn't working. And um, we've really just um, stuck to our guns and just figured something else out. And I would also say too, to just really um, like authenticity is really important to us. I think that that's a lot, what a lot of people say about us. And, and, you know, people say like, you guys are really a real brand because of just how authentic we are, like who we are as people sticking, you know, sticking to what we know, like we're all about community and about bringing people together. And I think that it's just important to have um, a good solid community around you who's supporting you and, um, and just being active in asking people questions and leaning on people and, you know, what are you doing when this happens? And, um, and yeah, I would say just uh, be true to you and be just authentic. So keep it real, be authentic, and don't give up. Very wise words. So where do we go if we want to contact the ladies? Our Instagram is ladies of paradise at ladies of paradise. And then lady J's is at smoke lady J's. And then mine is at Harley case. And mine Jade's is yeah. (laughs) At Hey Jade. Hey. And then we also are launching a Venus Electra edible line. And that new Instagram is at Venus Electra edibles. And um, yeah, stay tuned because we're just going to have more and more brands coming down. And sadly, it's time to say goodbye to our guests. Harley Case and Jay Daniels, a.k.a. the Ladies of Paradise, thank you ever so much for the fantastic conversation. It was a blast talking shop with you, and it's always nice to get a female perspective on the cannabis industry. Hopefully, you will inspire even more ladies to join the cause of our favorite plant. Good luck with all your projects, <laughs> and hopefully we can spark some of Oregon's finest flower together soon. Yay! Thank you so much for having us. We had a blast. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> You just heard episode 54 of the Critical Grass podcast. Six more to go to the big 6-0. Major props to both Harley and Jade of Ladies of Paradise for taking the time to make this episode even more special. Check out their Lady J's pre-rolls if you're lucky enough to be wherever you can find them. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with others. And if you'd like to support the show in material terms, you can donate to us by going to www.critical-grass.com and clicking the donate button or by going to patreon.com slash criticalgrass and becoming a member. We'll be back soon with another exciting guest, so don't touch that dial. As usual, my name is Bogdan, stay lit, people, and be nice to each other. <laughs>